when I was younger, my father encouraged me to read scripture, even if I didn't understand everything that was going on. He told me that my spirit would still benefit from reading it, and I think he was correct. I think that that's good advice. Over time, I began to understand what it meant more and more clearly, and uh, of course, we're always in the process of understanding it more and more clearly. It's a lifelong endeavor, but I also think that that posture of uh, reading and the discipline of trusting in its power also benefited me. I do believe that it shaped me. The word is powerful. It affects you. It changes you. And this is, uh, this is not a controversial idea among evangelicals. We believe in the power of the word. We believe in the power of scripture. It's an incredibly high view of scripture, and that's good as it should be. But over time, I, it's become apparent to me that this uh, right view of Scripture uh, you could describe as kind of a sacramental view of Scripture. Um, and I think it's, it's one area in the evangelical life which uh, we've permitted to remain uh, supernatural. And so I would invite uh, those who have this evangelical understanding of the Word, uh, this sacramental view almost of the Word, to begin to think about the gospel sacrament of uh, the Eucharist in a similar way. That even though we don't totally understand uh, what's going on in this ritual, um, in these, uh, these, this, this sacramental meal, um, that it's something that has spiritual benefits, that it forms us, that it's powerful, that it affects us in certain ways. Um, and I think that uh, if we began to kind of transfer that or, or to uh, copy that understanding of the word in, in the sacraments, um, I think that we'll be able to kind of give a, a, a more a richer understanding of our own worship here. And it'll be able to mold us and shape us and bring us into union with Christ in, in yet another means of grace. Um, in addition to the word, word and sacrament and spirit and all of these things together. Um, and a few reasons for this. Uh, biblically, Jesus tells us to do it. He just says, do this, right? And so obedience to Jesus is always going to yield benefits. There's always a formational aspect of obedience to Jesus. And so there's something of, we hear the word preached, and then uh, we put it into action immediately with the sacraments. Do this, and then we do it. So I think there's something uh, going on. Uh, there, that's, that's a helpful thing. Paul tells us that those who eat of the altar participate in the sacrifice. Um, and he says this in connection with the Lord's Supper. Um, so there's a participation in the sacrifice of Christ here. Paul calls uh, this cup a cup of blessing. And uh, the blessings of God carry with it realities. It's not just abstract blessings. Um, they are true blessings. As, as uh, Jesus says, um, in John 6, that those who eat his flesh and drink his blood will live forever. <laughs> well, that's a pretty big blessing. Um, and Paul says that those who eat unworthily, uh, they get sick and die. And so uh, when was the last time that a mere symbol killed somebody? I, I don't think that that's how it works. So there's something more going on here than simply just fondly remembering what Jesus did for us. Um, because if that were the case... It wouldn't kill people. It wouldn't cause them to get sick or it wouldn't cause them to live forever either. So there's judgment going on here. 
There's judgment for good. God creates the world and he judges it. He says, this is good. This is very good. But there's also judgment of you are not examining yourself. You're not judging yourself rightly. And so you are going to be sick or you are going to die. So there's that aspect of it. And then lastly, um, the church pretty much universally for the first 1500 years of its existence uh, thought of the Lord's Supper as something more going on than and fondly remembering what Jesus uh, did for us. It's a means of grace. There's something powerful going on here. And I think uh, we can plumb the depths of, of those things, particularly the early church fathers. I don't think we have to go as far as, say, a, a medieval view of transubstantiation to kind of give a metaphysical slice and dice of uh, what's going on. Um, but we can affirm that it's a mysterious thing. But uh, I think it helps to... Um, uh, make sense of what's going on in Scripture. I think Scripture affirms that there's something going on here and also keeps us in continuity with uh, our ancestors, our fathers in the faith who have come uh, before us. So the meal seems, this is relatively mundane. It's a, it's a mundane uh, activity, kind of like reading a book. But uh, reading the Bible is a much different experience than just reading any other book, right? Well, drinking the consecrated bread and wine is a very different experience than just drinking common bre bread and drinking common wine. It's uh, bread from heaven and it's the blood of the new covenant. And these things are for you. They are for the saints. They are for the sheep that Christ uh, laid his life down for. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ.